0: Hey there, folks! What do you know? It's episode 120 of the UticaCast, and this week we are joined by Utica College pioneers, men's ice hockey coach, Gary the Brain Heenan. It was a pleasure having him in the studio. Uh, Also this week, we're going to delve into the depressing news of the world. We're going to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day slash Columbus Day slash whatever you want to call it. We're going to talk about why we should always just have three-day weekends, plus some history lessons, some margaritas, uh, some Google Pixel news, all sorts of stuff. All this and much more on this week. We're happy to have you, folks. Oh, yeah. Do, is everything right?
1: Is it right good? Now? Is
0: it right now? Yeah. are recording right now. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, episode number one hundred and twenty. Not a special episode. I just liked the round numbers. Yeah. One hundred and twenty. It's got a good ring to it. Um, I am your host, producer Sam Familaro, joining me again as always. Uh, the lovely, charming Heather Wozlowski. What's up?
1: Waslowski. Waslowski. I, I,
0: I tried to do it different this time because I thought I did a bad job last time on it. No. All good. right. Uh, you're still always lovely and charming though. When you're here, it makes you feel. Any better. <laughs> here. And of course, Kevin Sullivan, the also handsome and charming Kevin Sullivan. Very is handsome that, and charming. It's a more masculine way of putting it, right? Gee, thanks. <laughs> I do. All right. I guess I could give you no compliment. And just Kevin Sullivan is also here. Wow, well, I'll take that too. That's <laughs> it's also. You know, 6-1-1, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you need to do, it's all for you. Is it all for me? It's all for me. I'm like Damien from The Omen. It's all for me. Oh. <laughs> Something like that. What? That's the quote from the movie. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know. All right, well. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Utica College Pioneers men's hockey coach Gary Heenan joining the show today. Uh Very excited to talk to him. So for all our hockey fans, we have a big hockey base here at the Utica. Mm-hmm. Utica so for all our hockey fans out there. Had a nice conversation with Gary. Uh, very exciting. It's You know what's really cool, though? And I talked about this during the interview with him. They're going to be the first team to play in the Odd once it's finished. They're going to be there before the Comets will. So they'll be the first people to actually play on that ice. I also apologize to him for uh, <laughs> for heckling the goalie and the other team during last year's uh, Teddy Bear Toss game. I apologized for our... <laughs> uh, you know, we got excited. We got caught up in the moment. A little heckling. <laughs> Never heard anybody. Heather, how was your weekend?
1: Good. I was good.
0: Where did you go hiking this weekend?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We just um, went around the inlet. We stayed at camp. So we took um, Kaz on a couple hikes. Mm. Just kind of hung out and went a little bar hopping. Oh, a little
0: bar hopping. I heard you were at uh, the Screaming Eagle. Yeah. They Uh, had a
1: whole founder's takeover. mm. So they had a few sours on there. beers.
0: I always appreciated the Screaming Eagle, um, because we spent a lot of summers up in Inlet, and they always had great deep-fried pickles. Excellent deep-fried pickles. Yeah, and we we live right around
1: the corner, so it's literally, like, two minutes to walk there. Really? So camp's right around the corner. Like it's right there
2: hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that necessarily she's she told could... you that like 70 yeah times. and I've
1: also invited you guys said and you every guys...
2: time you've had ne- we've never got an invitation that's a lie no, but no, i t- like you guys can come up whenever
1: <laughs>
2: that's not an invitation okay, though. that's like, a oh, yeah pop up invitation. sometime that's like hey this Katie's weekend is the there. weekend I'm sure she has interesting <laughs> yeah Sorry. interesting
0: you know what? It would have been a good time during this nice three-day weekend for you to invite us up. Actually, next time yeah, so I will. It, been it been okay. Seems like you know we're
1: up there a lot. we have
2: been okay. Nice Indian summer. Nice. Sorry. You know, late October weather, but no, it's fine. Uh, How's that a cup of coffee? It's great. Yeah, cool. Thank you. <laughs>
0: you're you're very welcome. Uh, so uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be over. But we've enjoyed. I've enjoyed uh, an excellent Monday off because of Indigenous Peoples Day, Columbus Day, whatever you want to call it, depending on where you are. And before we get into the Columbus Day stuff, can I just say, this is the correct amount of work-to-life ratio. I think that we should, as a society, adopt to add just two hours extra to our workday and work four days a week and have I three agree. days off. I think that three days off is the right, it's the right ratio. Am I wrong? I'm into it. I say keep pushing. Why well, stop at three? <laughs> just
1: Try like, get to two days a week.
0: Why stop at three? <laughs> so, like, how? So would you work three days a week at 12 hours a week? 12 hours a day
2: for three days a week to have four days off, would Absolutely. you do it?
3: 100. That's I'd, worth it. I already
2: it. work a lot of 12-hour days. <laughs> mm. I already work a ton of 12 I worked four it'd straight 12-hour like days last week. Well, I guess what I'm yeah, talking Yeah, that'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. You already work a lot of longer. You couldn't really ratio it out. You're like, can I work 20 hours today and then have an extra day off? It'd be rough, I feel like. Um you have like mom time off, which means even if you have time off, When I like come mom here, i like,
1: mom time off. This is, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm like, I'll stay here as long, until you guys kick me out. <laughs> I'm like, I'll watch wrestling. I'll do whatever. Yeah,
0: anything you anything you say here, whatever, <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> stay as long as I
0: can. Um, so yeah, I've enjoyed my three-day weekend. Uh, and before we get into this week's show, just a quick reminder. Tomorrow, I guess the day you hear this show, October 10th, uh, it is the Touch the Truck event mm-hmm. at uh, at the Parkway. Uh, stop by 4 to 8 p.m. Kids touch the trucks, the fire trucks, the police trucks. Are going to have a fireworks display. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Maineutica dot Check it out. Touch the truck. Uh, it's going to be cool. You're going, I guess. You said yes, you mentioned. I'm going. You're... Of course. Uh, so yeah, uh, today I guess this is. You're, you're not sure.
2: No, I'm just looking at
0: Kevin. You and Kevin having a moment. She's just here.
2: staring at me. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot. I you know I think. I don't know what goes on really.
0: I think she. Do uh, you think she's intimidated by your steely gaze? No, I don't think so. Not intimidated.
2: I don't think
0: so. <laughs> I don't think so. So, guys, we we actually. I feel like we talked about the Christopher Columbus thing a bit, like not Every too year. long ago. We talk about it Every all the year, time. Columbus Day. Uh, so we won't get too far into any of the Columbus Day stuff. Uh, although I did see a lot. I feel like there was a lot more news stories this week this year about. Uh, them changing Columbus Day in a lot of places. I've seen a lot of, like, Salt Lake City was one of the places I saw that's changing today to Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, Do you have any real thoughts about this? Like, if Utica decided tomorrow they were going to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, would you, like, be offended in any particular way? No, I don't
2: care at all. Hmm. I feel like it'd be very unpopular here. You can literally call it anything you want. Just give me the day off. (laughs) Call it what you will, because it's not like, you know, it's not like before people caught on to, you know, the fact that Columbus wasn't the best guy it's not like everybody took that Monday off to be like let's really just stay home and think about Columbus. No one cared. They just it's wanted just a day. day off. Off. Call it whatever you want. That's call fair. because well, yeah. you can name it whatever you want, but changing the name of a day is just it's just a virtue signal. You're not doing anything. So it doesn't matter what you call it. Call it ice cream day. Ice call cream day. Like you know what I mean? And just take the day off. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like growing up I do remember
0: this weird thing in my family where it was just this, like, Italian pride about this holiday. And it's like, I
1: don't understand it, necessarily. It's like, like the America thing. Like, well, Mer- I
0: think the idea was that Italian-Americans sort of latched onto it. And I have a couple interesting... I have two interesting facts to share you, which we don't really... Ta- We've talked about Columbus before, but I don't think we ever talked about this. One of the popular narratives is, like, that Columbus, like, wanted to disprove the fact that the Earth was flat, right? That that was part of his mentality. A lot of, like, research tends to believe that most people at the time already believed that the Earth wasn't flat. They just didn't know that America was there. Like, mm-hmm. they assumed that the Earth was not flat. But the, the interesting part was that America—they weren't sure America was there, right? And then the other one, which I thought was interesting, was that he wasn't really—he uh, wasn't really well-known initially. Like, columbus people think about Columbus as, like, this great explorer, this important character in, in history— but he was—he actually didn't come around into public consciousness again until the 1828, uh, when author Washington Irving, who wrote the legend of Sleepy Hollow, authored the first major English biography about Columbus, and um, it was a very positive story about him. And this was actually the image that like was embraced by Italian immigrants in America. Uh, they sort of saw him as this hero, right, mm-hmm. to help prove that Italians were part of the American story. Was the quote uh, from the author on this? I thought that was kind of interesting. I'd never really heard of that I before. Heard of that. He was a marketing campaign, Columbus. He was a marketing campaign for the Italians. That's why we hold That's him so It's funny, because
1: I wonder in school if they still do, like... You know how you used to do the boats? The Nina, the Pindon? You know what I do? All. I wonder if they, like, get deep into it. Like, I'm curious. Because I'm like, when Cass goes to school, are we going to... Are they going to get into it like that, or it'll it be so different?
0: That's kind of early on in education. If I, because yeah. every time I've ever had to sit in and do, like, teacher evaluation, especially for history classes, I feel like it's always about World War II. Like, all yeah. they're ever talking about in history it's classes I just is World War II. So I think, I remember Columbus being sort of, like, an early era thing. So you'd have to ask, like, an elementary school type no, teacher on no. that. I don't remember much about it from, I guess I, I remember don't. what they taught me in elementary school, but only just, like, the real basic stuff. I
1: know. I just wonder.
0: So. Um you wanna talk about national news for just a moment? It's all depressing, but we can get through it. Sure. Uh, Well, uh Donald Trump, I have one Donald Trump thing. He did not mention anything about Native Americans in his Columbus Day proclamation, which is it's not shocking, uh, although it's just interesting because it broke away from uh President Obama who's mentioned it uh the last the last eight years. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm not really gonna I'm not gonna talk about Trump anymore. I don't want to talk about Trump. Um I do think it's interesting. I do want to talk about Mike Pence for a sec. Are you guys aware of the Mike Pence story, him going to the Indianapolis Colts game? Yep. Yeah. Have you yes. any thoughts on this?
2: Uh, what, do you have something you want to set up? Or Not really. Just my <laughs> thoughts on what happened. Well, I just, you know,
0: the idea is, of course, that Mike Pence showed up uh, at an Indianapolis Colts game and then, of course, left after he felt that the football players were disrespecting uh, disrespecting the American flag there's a lot of rumor mongering i right hear that this everybody is a publicity knows, stunt. Yeah. Everybody
1: yeah. Knows it's not that. a
2: rumor. They said it was a publicity stunt. Yeah. The president said it on Twitter. They all said they said they planned it. They said there was the whole thing. Cuz he mm. said he
1: told yeah, them they're not that.
2: Yeah, that's not. He told them to do it, he yeah. said. He mm. Said like, we've been planning this for a while. It seemed I think the weird part is like they obviously did it. He had an appearance scheduled at 6 o'clock later that day. He yeah, was never in going to stay for something. that. game. Mm-hmm. you just went to to virtual signer to to basically show their all the idiots that get uh, foamed up about this kind of thing. Hey, look, we're with you. Mm. Don't worry, we're we're here for the white man. It's just a way to rile up their base and keep their base talking about stuff, so they don't pay attention to all the like horrible news. Mm. Yeah. The only interesting thing to come out of this though was I um, we talked a couple weeks ago
0: about Jerry Jones, uh, the owner of the Cowboys, who had sort of made this big display to like kneel down with the players during that whole protest. He actually came out this week and basically gave an ultimatum to the NFL players, saying uh, if you disrespect the flag, you will not start the game. Which is like the, there's about two teams that have come out to do this. So one, I think it's interesting that his sort of narrative has changed now that it's not, it's two weeks after this whole big display. Uh, but that's the only interesting story because it looks like the NFL Players Association is already like, nah, yeah.
2: this isn't going to fly. No, so th- it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody's disrespecting the flag. Yeah. That's the only thing. The NFL does by displaying it horizontally and spread out and not flying free across the field every single Mm -hmm. week. And the Department of Defense pays them to do it to get recruiting up. They've been doing it since 2006. So, what are we really talking about? Mm. Uh, Well, what we're really talking about is a plan to, again,
0: To disguise the fact that there are two really, really crummy things that are going on right now. And um, this, I assume, is all like a mission to get that out of the media. The first involves Scott Pruitt and the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, who this week are uh, attempting to... Well, they're appealing the landmark uh, clean power plan that the Obama administration had put into place. Um, Again, I think... First off, optically, like, right after all the hurricane stuff, it just seems really cruel, right, to start thinking. And it's not really directly connected, right? Like, these regulations are about greenhouse effects and, and like, giving more power back to, like, the coal plants. But I don't know. It just all seems very regressive, right? Everything about this whole thing seems super regressive to me. Also, Scott Pruitt is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm getting burned out. I think it's finally happening. Like, their plan to burn me out with all the bad news is, like the same is succeeding. Thing,
1: same thing every week.
0: I go through, yeah, I go through the news, and it's just like, I don't even know what parts of this we can talk about and get into. It's just so dense.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Until something actually happens, I mean, things are being but, repealed, and there's talk, and we're going to change this, but it's, that's all we keep hearing. There's not until something really happens.
2: I feel like a lot of things have been happening. When yep. you repeal climate protections by way of executive order, when you go out and put on an executive order and say you're going to defund Iowa and other places that are begging for the subsidies that the Obamacare law guarantees them, that's something that's happening. You know what I mean? Like, these people are losing their health care. They're I taking read people it. off maternal care. They took. They just let the CHIP funding for 12 million different children expire. They let it run out so nobody can go in. They also uh, that Jones Act, I think it was from Puerto Rico, that yes. was they running they for let the ten chip days. Just, yep, they like, let it which, go.
1: every state for though. the country,
2: for the whole country. <laughs> My kids. <are> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. I did.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: so they let that run out, so they're not going to fund it. They just uh, they only did a ten day expansion of the Jones Act. That has done. They don't plan to expand it. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean that's stuff that's happening, yeah. and that's the that's the problem with the fatigue and the thing that makes it tough is people just stop paying attention. Like this stuff is happening. Hmm. Like it's real.
1: I knew it ran out on the 24th, but I didn't know they actually... Yeah.
2: Huh. Well, here's the other terrible thing
0: that happened this week. Uh, earlier this week on Friday, Attorney General Jeff Sessions issued a sweeping memo on religious freedoms that instructs agencies to do as much as they can to protect the religious liberty of individuals and employees at the expense of your civil rights. And
2: by that, uh, they just mean it's not legal for somebody to fire you for being gay or trans. Right. Legal to fire you for that now. Which, yeah. it you know, is great. Yeah, basically, uh, if your
0: employer has a stringent enough religious belief about something, they're well within their rights to fire you. This is... This was, like, dark. I read this news today. I'm like, man, I wish this was, like, the biggest news story in the country, and it's not. Like, this
2: one made me... I hate Jeff Sessions But I so think much. they can
1: still sue. Like, they can still sue a, a business.
2: Or, uh, you can sue anybody I for know, anything, but you're not but gonna win, because the business is now within their legal rights to do so. I don't know. Jeff Sessions is, like, the devil. Like, he's... He
0: scares me more than almost anybody out there, because he's got that that coldness to him I don't know that lack of empathy that I I don't know it seems to run through a lot of the stuff I read today I don't know man I was going to talk about Donald Trump Jr. and Harvey Weinstein do you guys want to? no No, No. no.
2: not even a little bit I want to talk about that. Because all you do is, like, we say the horror, and we're like, boy, this is a horror. Here's the other horror. This is also a horror.
1: Have a cup of
0: coffee. You know? <laughs> it's a horrible world.
1: Take a <laughs> we, shot. <laughs> uh, is it ready? I was sort of holding off on my shot here. Cheers, Kev. Salud. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: With coffee? So, yeah, <laughs> coffee cheers is fine. I can pour
0: some of my shot into your coffee no, if okay, you'd like. Okay. Um, salud. Tell my friends out there. Okay. Mm. Uh. I am glad Harvey Weinstein got fired. Oh, yeah. That's my one quote on that, by the way. Mm. And for anyone who's saying I don't have any liberal rage about this, you know, I hope that Weinstein gets in trouble for everything he did. He's just gone back. Yeah. It's It's just, I, you know, if we're not going to put any time into talking about the other stuff, I'm not putting any time into Harvey Weinstein.
2: No, certainly not.
0: Um, I I have a dilemma. Do you guys want to save the America Online stuff for after the break, or do you want to do it now? It's up to you guys. Let's come back. I uh, totally, totally up to you. I feel like it might be a good palate cleanser after all of this negative news. Is my only thought.
1: Let's do it. Let's. Do you want to do it? You
0: want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about America mm-hmm. Online? Uh, it has been announced uh, today uh, that by December fifteenth, the uh, I would call it for me like the original online instant messaging service, America Online Instant Messenger, is shutting down, and they
2: have no plans to replace it. Which is shocking, only for the fact that it. It still runs? I I, assume they uh, shut it down 10 years ago. my
1: husband got a message from somebody said they went and checked their AIM and he was still online.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He has just been been online forever.
1: (laughs) Apparently at work, like web developers and a lot of places used used to use AIM. Just recently, now they're all using Slack. mm -hmm. But AIM was like what they were... Yeah,
0: when I was working at uh, my cubicle jobs, that was actually... They used them in the cubicle offices as a functional way of getting business done, actually. It was sort of helpful in that. Yeah. I think it's hard to conceptualize, like, what a big deal that was for, like, a certain subset of people. Like, that was, like, the first time I was exposed to, like, internet language, Mm -hmm. like, which is sort of commonplace now. Um... Do you remember your first AOL screen name? You gave it to me.
1: Mine was Heather MJ2000.
0: That's very boring. So boring. That's a very boring. So boring
1: <laughs> in like a hundred ways.
0: <laughs> I had a bunch. Uh, I definitely I've talked about Fat Sam1086 before. I think that was definitely your that was definitely like one of the first ones. And then I think there was a time when we, I was doing the band thing where I made one specifically called like Jinxed, like Vox V O X because I was the singer. So I definitely had that one somewhere along the way. Kevin, did you have you had it initials and numbers? A, yeah. Were we AOL? Were we not friends during
2: that era? I don't remember us we're ever friends. having any
0: like significant AOL. We hung out. We hung out
2: in person. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't. I I feel like it was the type of thing that you use with people that you don't necessarily hang out with all the time. But you talk to a lot. You yeah, know when what I, mean? I was
1: in high school, we used it all the time. Yeah, I everybody. Feel
0: like Proctor was them. banging on on away messages. Away yeah. messages were an important lifestyle. It choice. was a way
1: to tell everyone how you're feeling. What? <laughs> emotionally
0: <laughs> uh i had some people here's some of the other uh uh aim screen names that i was given uh gfop kate riley gave us one she said she didn't really remember but it was something like kitty kate or something about cats and her uh gfop adam goldstein used to be fisherman andy which i always thought was a cool it <laughs> was a cool i don't know why like there's probably some reference there i'm missing if someone knows that reference maybe it's like primus or something i feel like
2: could be
0: um uh, someone on Twitter, Exploring Upstate, gave us one that was S-O-B-R-U-2, but he said it wasn't related to the band. so 2 I don't get it. I didn't know it. I don't get it. Uh, uh, Melissa Kinney said hers was Melly Bo Peep. Apparently, she had some sort of Bo Peep thing.
1: I could see that being hers. <laughs> uh,
0: and then, of course, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, was Lion Tamer 5, <laughs> which is a wrestling reference, but it's funnier if you don't know that it's a wrestling <laughs> reference. Uh, I actually, I actually really enjoyed like, AO. like that was like a huge deal. I remember being vaguely like excited. You'd get on and like mm-hmm. there'd be people on there like on a certain. I time. I couldn't wait
1: to see my wait. messages like who left me a message
0: on my away message. Away message was always great. It's yeah. like a, it was a <laughs> away message was a little ahead of its time. I like the away message. Uh, I looked up a couple lists of some good uh, old style away messages to you know, see if you guys had any of these ones. Okay, um, brb, mom needs the computer. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good one um send me something funny for my away message just a request for content i think is a good one and then uh did you ever see the one where you would just list all of your friends initials like every like every like going out with my friends ac jk bb mh you'd be like everyone you know just gotta (laughs) reference all these people that i'm going out with um (laughs) i like this one i've definitely done this so mad don't message me (laughs) I feel like that's a really good one. That's like please message me. Yes. I need I need human contact. Validation. Validation. Uh and then finally here's another here's a good one, like class gym, class, work, class out with the out with the crew. Hit me up later. <laughs> Hit the cell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need to validate that I have cool plans. <laughs> I need you to know some really specific, really intense <laughs> song lyrics. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. All, all the whole song. Though you yeah. could really, there was no limit. No,
1: like it, you could go on forever in your, like as your um,
0: colors, characters, background yep. colors, fonts. It was a natural. It was a natural progression to like the MySpace page, which I always I like the MySpace page like the next thing. It was like the same kind of idea. Except you had, like, one song that would play forever all the mm-hmm. time whenever people <laughs> came into your, like, apartment. That's always, always how mm-hmm. I thought of MySpace. Check out all my things in this one song I like. Uh, so I, I, I'm i kind of sad for Instant Messenger. Although I think the usefulness of Instant Messenger kind of, like, like texting sort of took that away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, them. it was a precursor to a different... You don't need uh instant messenger anymore i guess to that's some the degree
2: key. no i think i think i think it was different um i don't I didn't really find it to be much like myspace and texting changed it for quick stuff but conversationally it was it was different because you could have much more in-depth conversation just sitting there with a keyboard and you can bang out a couple paragraphs and that was
1: a way yeah,
2: though i was just gonna say there were like a lot of people i used to talk to we, like i'd stay up all night you know you having like mm-hmm. long long talks sending messages back and forth in instant messenger but I think what it is more than anything is people are no longer sitting down at a computer with their leisure time, for the most part. Right. Yeah. If you're somebody who works on a computer, somebody who's, like, you know, programming some sort of production, this, that, you sit at the computer. But it's not like, you know, back then, in order to consume the internet, you had to sit down at a computer. Yeah. Do you think that that's been sort of
0: co-opted by Facebook Messenger, since that's, like, the cell phone version of instant Messenger? But it's like-
2: not, you're still not sitting down at a place with a keyboard. Mm. It, it, it'll to... never be the same on a mobile device. And when I was in Plattsburgh, different.
1: we would walk around our laptop and like sit down in certain areas and text like not text but message people on it. Yeah. Like, I'm down by this hall, come down here or whichever.
0: Yeah, the fun- <laughs> I think I think the functionality of Instant Messenger got co opted by other things in yeah. different places. Like if you wanna have that kind of nuanced text conversation with somebody is not nah, you just do it yeah. for yourself, But
2: the right. depth is what was lost in translation. Mm. Because you don't the keyboard is really the great equalizer mm. because you can actually, like, you don't know, now if you're sending a text and you want to fire off some, like, paragraphs, getting back in and changing stuff, deleting stuff, just typing, and it's just not as fast. You just can't do it the same way, and that's what's lost in the immediacy and the fact that everybody has it on them all the time. You don't need an away message because you're never away from your message you anymore. Well, I'm glad I don't
1: get the random, like, ASL. Remember they, Yes, they ASL. It's a- ASL, send, pick.
2: No, we're like, not. We're boys. We never oh, got that. Okay, Nobody okay. cared. No, Nobody now cared it's, about
0: our ass out. so
1: uncomfortable. No, I'm not telling you anything about me.
0: See, that reminds me of like AOL chat rooms. Yeah. AOL chat rooms was a whole. I got whole, a couple years
1: on you guys, so. No,
0: that was a whole different thing. Like AOL chat rooms were like. Now, in hindsight, it seems really seedy, but yeah. it, I guess like, it was a different, hey, it's just a room to talk about stuff. Oh, you like wrestling? you go a to wrestling chat. But it wasn't like moderated. It was just anything could yeah. have been on there. And
1: if you were a girl, though, someone would always attack you. Oh, for sure. Like I, uh... in a chat room or anything.
0: Yeah, it must have been, I can't imagine, like I can't, it's hard to think of it from that concept because, geez, for me, like the internet was just like, oh my God, there's all this like dinosaurs and wrestling and pornography. Like this is everything <laughs> I ever wanted as a 15-year-old boy. Like it's all I ever cared about, right? Like, oh my God. Um, so yeah. It,
1: it did one last thing though. I feel like it did open up the door for people to like now spread, the, set, like use their emotion more and reach out to people and say things you wouldn't normally say. When AIM came out, it was like just a way to talk to people, like say things to them that you wouldn't really say to their face or. Yeah. Like I felt like AIM did that for.
2: It did that for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Like yeah. there was
1: things I would have never said to people, but mm. you'd stay up all night talking to them, saying things that you would, it was like just another thing up to instant messenger and all that.
0: Well, aim instant messenger, aim. We salute you. It was a good run. Uh, I guess if I still, I guess I could still log on until December fifteenth. right? Yeah. should we just log, start logging it really on? let until... me. not let really me. I
1: guess I'm gone. You tried? Gone. I'm gone. Ah, uh, it's a shame. <laughs> I've been deleted.
0: All right, let's get to this week's interview. Uh, it was really nice to sit down with uh, with Coach Gary Heenan, uh, the coach for the Utica College Pioneers men's ice hockey team. Uh, he's been there for this is his seventeenth year, which is kind of crazy. I didn't give it, uh, I didn't think about it as much. Uh, so it was really nice talking to him. We talk about him growing up in Canada, uh, what it's like playing at the odd. I definitely talked to him about Bobby the Brain Heenan. I just felt like I had to, I had to bring it up to him. Uh, so here we go. Let's get into this week's interview. Uh, Coach Gary the Brain Heenan uh, from Utica College Men's Hockey. My, my good friend at Maiden Utica, Katie Riley, she's the best. She yeah. gave me the hookup to like to talk to you. Yeah, and then within like a week, we got caught up with Downtown Get Down, and we just finished the weekend. She's like, "Did you ever reach out to Gary?" I was <laughs> like, "No." Oh my god, I gotta reach out to him. <laughs> so thank you for coming in. And before we get into the interview proper, there are two things I feel like I need to discuss with you
3: before okay. we get
0: into anything. Sure. So uh, Gary Heenan, head coach of Men's uh, Utica College Men's Ice Hockey. Um, there is another. You may have noticed it when you came in this house. There's a lot of wrestling paraphernalia. Yeah, wrestling bell. They got the wrestling buddies. Yeah. There is another famous Heenan who I there love, is. who passed away earlier this week. And I, am curious. You got to be right in my age range. Did you have any recollection of Bobby the Brain Heenan? Have you heard that reference before? Yeah. So, <laughs>
3: growing up, I was asked all the time. I was going to ask if uh, <laughs> if he, Bobby the Brain, was a uh, was an uncle and. Uh, And usually, I just ran with it. Oh, yeah. Got to run with it. You know, and that's... So, I grew up in his prime time. Oh, yeah. When he was the star in wrestling. WWF back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, He was the guy. So, uh, and Heenan's a rare name, believe it or not. It's true. I don't know know many other Heenans. There isn't many. So, in Toronto, I grew up uh, and I went to wrestling at at, uh, Maple Leaf Square Gardens Mm. and... uh, and it was it was great, so I ran with it. You sure, know, there's true. a lot of people out there that uh, reached out to me and said sorry to hear about your uncle. I, I was curious about. <laughs> it. Well, it's
0: only it's funny because you know I I'm a huge wrestling fan and I was born in '86, so that dates me in terms of age. But Bobby Heenan was like a big thing growing up for me, and I was surprised that it got such mainstream coverage because I'm like I bet you anyone born after a certain age has no idea yeah, who this person is. Good yeah. point. But. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is I needed to, to get this straight. So last year at the Teddy Bear Toss, I yep. was there with the Maiden Utica guys, and you guys were playing Morrisville, I want to say. Yep. Uh, I want to apologize because I definitely had a few too many adult beverages yep. and heckled the goalkeeper for Morenci, he's still mad at me to this day. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'll have to show you the video. There's a video. It's well, it's that's
3: part of being a fan. So we actually, uh, we like you. We want you to do well, more of that.
0: I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gary Heenan, it's a pleasure to have you here. Let's start at the beginning, though, and you sort of mentioned this. Uh, you were
3: not from here initially. You were born in Canada, in or... Toronto, in Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just it was uh, it was what you did. My parents are both from Scotland, off the boat. Really? So they oh, took wow. a six day voyage across the ocean mm-hmm. and. At 20 years old, landed in Toronto, and uh, they had no money, so Mm. they heard this noise in a building, walking (laughs) hand-in-hand on a Friday night, wandered into the building, and discovered what ice hockey was, Yeah, Yeah. um, (laughs) which my mom grew up playing field hockey as Mm. a Scottish young lady, and uh, instantaneously, they fell in love with the sport because it was free Mm. entertainment for them, so they went every Friday. And uh, when my brother and I were born, it was, let's throw them into what Canadians do, which is to play hockey.
0: So you were playing early on, talking elementary school, like
3: Yeah, I mean, it is in the in the fiber of Canadians up there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, literally, you hear people say at 2 and 3, they were at skates. But really, at 2 mm-hmm. and 3, we were put on skates, and, and you mm-hmm. kind of went from there, and it was a sport... Uh, mm-hmm. Again, my brother and I excelled, in we played the top levels growing sure, up, and sure, uh, eventually that's what introduced mm-hmm. me to the States. Wonderful.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, when in the, when these
3: U.S.-Canada games, who are you rooting for these days? <laughs> well, it's a great question, Sam, because uh, I actually just treated my family to uh, oh. the U.S. World Junior Games, the outdoor oh, really? game awesome. in Buffalo. Wonderful. So it's Canada that versus amazing. the U.S. December 29th, we're all heading up as that's a family, awesome. so that's they great. expect 80,000 people there at Buffalo <sighs> Bills Stadium there, and... And uh, my family will all be wearing the U.S. stuff, and, uh, and I'll probably be wearing the Canada stuff, yeah.
0: I, don't, I wasn't going to talk about any NHL stuff, so I guess I'll ask now, do you had an NHL team, who's your team, who you root for?
3: The yeah, Knights? it's funny, because growing up, I think yeah, I grew up in the Wayne Gretzky era, sure. so you love the Oilers who are mm-hmm. winning cups, and, and he's the greatest player that ever lived. Mm-hmm. So you kind of gravitate towards him, but as you mature, you, sure. you kind of have that affinity to your hometown, so yeah. the Leafs are the team that I follow, the and, uh, and they're yeah. an exciting team to watch coming right now. Uh, I try, the
0: the Leafs are interesting to me because I, I'm not a huge hockey guy, and we'll get into that in a little bit later. I I respect hockey. I've gone to many Comets games, many UC games. I've been to Rangers games in New York. It's really awesome, but for whatever reason, uh, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm fascinated, though, by how many people who listen to our show, how much of our fan base loves hockey. And I, I really do think, sometimes I talk about it, in this town particularly, there is a fervor for hockey that. Isn't there in other places? Yeah, People really love their hockey here. I'm sure it you is. see that.
3: You see it. It uh, it energized me. It uh, hmm. it definitely uh, helped me accept this job when the sure. offer was made. Hmm. That the the town was kind of ripe for hmm. the picking. There was a there was a tradition of hockey hmm. here, and uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, you know you wander in a barbershop to get a haircut and somebody <laughs> finds out you're into hockey, you are oh, yeah. hockey, and mm-hmm. for the next hour, you've got Clinton Comet stories about cho- oh, yeah. chairs <laughs> being thrown on the ice in the old Clinton Arena, and but it's all good. It's all people that want to talk yeah. hockey. It's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Um, when did you actually come to the States initially? Do you remember when you came to the States? Yeah, well, I, I was lucky enough to catch the eye of Phil Grady, my mentor mm-hmm. of the Hamilton College, longtime coach, sure. and so he introduced me to college hockey down mm-hmm. here, and so in 1994, I jumped on the ice for Hamilton College, did my four years there, and mm. disappeared for a couple of years before returning back to this area with a job opportunity. But uh, I was 94 when I came down and lived in the States at college. So you're a Hamilton grad? I'm a Hamilton a grad.
0: Beautiful campus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work
3: uh, with you technically at Utica College. I'm yep. also a Utica College employee, but
0: we take a lot of our students up to Hamilton, and they always they love it. It's such a beautiful scenery. Yeah. It's a beautiful
3: ways. place. I, I got to be careful because, uh, you know, when we bring our team up there, they're like, <laughs> Jesus, you know, it's, it's pretty nice up here, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm a proud Hamilton grad. Um, I think it's an unbelievable education, and, did and you really, study speak? Don't mind me I was international relations, international relations, yeah, an economics minor. So. What did you plan on doing at that time? I'm just sort of curious. Was hockey always in the? In no, I wasn't. Uh, my first job out of Hamilton was our assistant coach was a Cornell grad, mm. and he introduced me to a bunch of Cornell guys, mm. uh, college hockey guys that do group life insurance across mm. Canada. Um, and so I jumped into that <laughs> business. Uh, and the money was very good. I lasted about three months before I said, this isn't me. Mm. Uh, and I jumped into playing some uh, semi-professional hockey over in Europe. And, Ooh, and really? uh, I was in Germany and Austria there for a couple of years. And, uh, Did you enjoy your time out there? It must have been a... I loved it there. I, uh, I took a job to come back because I knew I wanted to coach mm-hmm. in the end at that point. But uh, I probably cut the playing a little short because mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. So I pulled up a little bit of information about
0: your uh I think this is your coaching career. Did you start coaching in ninety one so it was for the Royal York Rangers? Is that your <laughs> So that would have be been my playing career. You're playing career. Yeah. I pulled up a list. I was wow. curious. I
3: don't even know where you're getting that from. Oh well from this is Ro- from the this is from the
0: uh ice hockey. I found Man. I do my research. Yeah. Here.
3: yeah. Royal York was a team I jumped hmm. on when I think I was sixteen. So you so you were playing Junior hockey. So, yeah, high. you were playing always. Yeah. yeah. What was your position? And uh, I was a centerman mm. uh, until I got to college, and then Phil Grady made me a defenseman, mm. which probably adds to the coach and the sure. you know the knowledge of different positions. But uh, That probably goes a long way. Maybe. Yeah. Royal York was a brand new team that I mm. jumped on as a, a young kid, and you're playing mm. against 21-year-olds, yeah. so it's, it's a man's <laughs> game. And back then, there was a lot of fighting, mm. like a ton of fighting yeah. in junior hockey. That's what sold the seats. Is that
0: a thing still?
3: Like, you guys, are you guys even allowed to... Is, In college hockey, it it happens now and again. Uh, It's a rarity. In junior hockey, the leagues we recruit from, uh, it happens. It's Mm. still quite prominent, actually.
0: Do you have a... I've heard a lot of debates about this over the years about whether they should crack down on the fighting. I've heard arguments from people saying it's part of the game, it's, yeah. it's into the culture, Part people saying it's kind of it's dated as an idea. Do you have any thought? I'm just curious about how yeah, you feel. Yeah, I,
3: I think there's a happy medium. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think there's a place for it still. Sure. I think that uh, when you have a game that's a that's, uh, high collision mm. contact sport at such a high rate of speed and... Sure. There's a weapon involved with a stick. <laughs> uh, That's a good point. That uh, things can get out of hand. Guys mm. can take liberties. And uh, if the refs aren't going to do it, sometimes you got to police it yourself. Mm. So 2000 was when you got, uh, when well, you were brought into Utica College. Correct. And you yep. have been there since then.
0: Wow, it's pretty impressive. And- well,
3: yeah, it's, uh, I think this is our 18th year we're going into, mm. and and uh, I can remember it like yesterday, uh, mm. creating the, t- the team, the program, the concepts. Mm. uh it's been one heck of a ride it's been fun um, and and the ride's not over you know when it is over I'll move on you know but uh, we're having fun and we're winning we're, we always seem to have something exciting going each particular year so uh, I'm I'm completely energized and, and enamored by this area too True. I love the area uh,
0: and just a quick rundown I, I don't mean to put you over yep. it real hard but uh, you've uh, since you've been with the team uh, you've led the team to 14 consecutive ECAC men's Western Conference playoff appearances. Five appearances in the Western Conference Championship game, uh, four West regular season championships, trip to the Frozen Four. Uh, you have an overall record of two twenty four, one fifty five, and forty two. That's a really strong record for this kind of like tenure. I'm curious, you must have been approached by other people in your time.
3: Well, it, it happened. I mean, listen, I th- you know, I think ten years ago, you kind of had the itch to go as sure. as high as you can, mm-hmm. and and money mattered, and you know, and 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 now. Everything changes when you have a family and you have kids. You know? Sure, it that's just does. Place, I mean, that's just, and this is a great area to raise your kids. And uh, I married a local gal here, a Utica gal, so that plays into it. And um, and we just find ourselves lucky, lucky to have the opportunity here. And, and uh, you, know, you hear it; it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, I don't consider this work. I love going to the office every single day. I'm, I'm passionate about what I do for a living, and the guys keep you young. And and uh, you know, I'll keep going as long as they'll have me. <laughs>
0: Let me ask you this question, and this is something I've talked about casually over the years, uh, and I'm going to read another quote here for you. Uh, Utica College has led the nation in home attendance for eight consecutive seasons now. Uh, in 15 home dates last year, 54,000 fans came in. Before the Comets came into Utica and became a thing, Utica College was still selling out the Utica Odd and getting a huge following. In your opinion, do you feel like Utica College hockey gets enough credit for like the resurgence of hockey in this area?
3: You know, I, I think we do. Uh, mm. I think we get a ton of credit for it. Mm. You know, with the the naming last week of, yeah. of the Adirondack Bank Center. The bank. We're trying, to, uh, we're trying
0: to come with their nicknames for it. The bank. <laughs> right.
3: Okay, I, I haven't heard that one. Uh, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, we had politicians speak. Certainly the president, Rob Ash mm-hmm. spoke. And uh, and every one of them, the president mm-hmm. of the bank, Rock Let's Curry, go. acknowledged Utica College, that they were there because of Utica College. And, um it's nice. I mean, it's not anything we want to, you know. Yes, we did used to sell out. If we dipped a little bit into tents? we have, but sure. we're we're overwhelmingly mm-hmm. uh, impressed with the loyalty of our fans. Yeah, and that we are three thousand a night in a four thousand seat building, and at Division three college hockey, any hey, Division one college hockey, um, that's tremendous. Uh, matter of fact, let's get into
0: this week. I had a question written in from our uh, our friend Ken Smith, and it sort of ties into some of the things we're talking about here. Uh, thanks, Ken, for the question. Uh, this is from Ken how has sharing the odd and the fan base impacted the program do you think it's been a positive sort of sharing the building yeah
3: I, I won't you know I won't beat around the bush here I'll tell you when when they announced that they were bringing pros in mm. and, uh, and and the ownership group took me to lunch and I'll sure. never forget it and uh, and they said uh, you've attracted us to this area mm. We, you've proven there's a fan base yeah. so now we're going to steal it all from you <laughs> and we just want to be up front with you that's kind of what that's sort of what I've been saying for years I'm like you know UC Hockey like they saw
0: that it was working yeah it's impossible to think that they didn't the comic people didn't look at it and go hey there's a market here
3: no and and they admit to that they readily admit to that so I was panicked I thought it would flatten us I really did Mm -hmm. Uh, the school kind of panicked and and we weren't very happy about the idea of course but going full circle Ken I can tell you that uh, it's been a very positive thing for us Mm. Uh, We can look back now over the last four years that they've been here and say it's enhanced our product. Mm. The buildings never looked any better. The Mm. bells and whistles that we take advantage of. The day-to-day... Bumps that I have with their managerial staff, their coaching staff mm. has made me a better coach. Mm. Um, I, I think it's a win-win for us. And again, we've maintained a very good attendance and, and family entertainment value in this town. Sure. Um, I think there's two different fan bases. Yeah. You know, I know yeah, that. For sure. I there know that. Is. So yeah. we're a ton of kids, families, young people that, that want a cheaper ticket. Mm. And we're okay with that. You know, We love that.
0: Now let me ask you, and he had one follow-up question. This is something I'm sort of curious about as well. Um has having the building and the relationship been helpful in terms of recruiting? Is that like a thing that people see and they go, Oh, I know we're gonna have lots of fans when they try to choose you to go college? Is I, that a benefit in terms of scouting and recruiting? It, at all? it is
3: now. Now I, is, I think yeah. at the beginning there has been a couple of occasions where a pro team has gone into a college building and it did flatten the college team. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, we've proven that uh, you know, we're still viable entity in this town and um and and now it's absolutely a main part of our recruiting spiel. Sure. And uh and we will have a player. We will. Mark my words, we will have a player play for the comets at one oh, point. Yeah. We have that relationship <laughs> and um, you know, they watch us and, yeah. and they want it. Oh yeah. so does it happen? Yeah, division three hockey players sure. play in the American Hockey League. Um it's rare, yeah. but but we will attract that mm-hmm. kid, who will play there one day. Is there anything you've
0: yet to accomplish at Uduka College that you're really you'd really like to do since you've been there? It's been a long time. It's been sixteen years. You have a lot of accolades there. I'm just curious. if There's anything in your mind that you still haven't.
3: Well, been... I, we, we we want to win a national championship. National you Champions. know, and, I mean, that's what it is. That's that's what keeps me getting out of bed every day. Um, we've been we've been close. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We we do. Compete for championships every mm-hmm. single year. Yeah. Um, you know, the programs at that point, for the sure. education attracts a good student athlete. Yeah. The area does. So, uh, yeah, there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why I'm here. I, I need to get that accomplished.
0: Sure. And uh, I'm kind of curious about this. Again, I, I'm a soccer guy at heart. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of Premier League. So I tend to think a lot about um, about soccer in terms of this. But I'm curious about coaching styles with you. And I'm just, um, Liverpool, the soccer team I, I watch, has this manager. Jurgen Klopp and his whole MO is we are going to overload offensively it's going to be offensive heavy it's going to be guys screens coming back and the defense is going to sit back and do their thing uh, it's very off-brand for coaching style so I'm curious in terms of hockey because I don't understand how it works as well do you have an idea like what style you want to play or do you base it around the talent that's available to
3: yeah you? I, th- I think it's uh there's a two parts to that question mm-hmm. one would be your style itself as a coach doesn't really change in terms of your tactics you know and uh, I think I've matured over the last Mm -hmm. 16, 17 years to to get away from being a screamer (laughs) Um, you know I think when you're a young guy you want to make sure you're in charge and you know your voice is the loudest and 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 I think when you mature, you realize that not every kid, most kids, don't respond to, to that. that so I think I've, I have done that. Uh, some guys still do, so you mm-hmm. still got to yeah. you know, have some base in your voice once mm-hmm. in a while to command respect. But I think what we've accomplished and um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think what we're putting in tactically impresses the guys even more. Sure. Uh, do we want to play fast, hard, offensive? Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, we have the talent to do that, mm-hmm. and so we are more of a run-and-gun style Than 10 years ago, we had to clutch, grab, slow guys down, and we'd won nothing. So uh, I think we have a very exciting brand. I think if you look at the Comets, they have to clog it up a little bit defensively and (laughs) count on their goaltending at this point, you know. But, uh, you know, the league, they went to the Calder Cup. They were scoring goals, and they had some offense. So it changes year to year. It does. And what's interesting
0: about the Calder Cup thing, I'm almost glad you brought it up, because I had talked about this with a friend of mine when they went to the, the finals there that year. I was like, you know... If a team in the AHL goes to the Calder Cup, there's a good chance a lot of those players are going to go to the NHL, and you're not going to have that same level of success. It's hard to match that level sure. of success, and I think it was it was rough for people to sort of notice that the next year. It's like, oh, all these players we got used to have proven that they're they're really good, and now they're gone, right? Yeah. But was it? I was glad that the fan base still kept coming regardless. They never stopped the fan base from coming in, and that's like again, I think that ties back to how much people in this in this town in this area love their hockey.
3: Yeah, and I think it's... Because uh, I go to the Comets games, yeah, yeah. of course, whenever I can. And, and uh, the fans kept coming. But I can vividly remember yeah. it was a disgruntled fan. It was tough. At, that didn't understand why <laughs> they took For such sure. a, a step backwards from the mm. college Cup year. But that's the American Hockey League. Yes. Yeah, you know, the dumb. roster changes so much year to year. And the development structure so... Um, I think the fans becoming more and more mm-hmm. uh, educated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the Devils of War. Sure. You know, there's a lot more expansion. There's, there's yeah. expansion happened, so uh, parody is everywhere uh, at all levels, including college hockey. I've talked about this a little bit before too. I wonder if at
0: some point in time, and I'm, again, this is all speculation. I wonder if at some time that license is eventually going to change. I know that they like working with Vancouver. Vancouver's been a great system for them. But Vancouver's on the other side of the country. And I just think logistically, from a certain aspect, they probably don't want to fly players in across the country and, or wait till they're on a road trip to bring players in. I always somewhat expect that somewhere in the future maybe we'll see another affiliate there. Maybe maybe the Devils come back. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm after a certain age, so if for you, me, uh, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be sort of happy. If
3: you're think. asking for my hockey opinion on yeah. this... It's an educated opinion because I know the Vancouver guys, sure. yeah, yeah. and so I can tell you this: logistically, mm-hmm. does it cause some hiccups and some sure. headaches? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Do they love their team? They do seem to love it. being in Utica. <laughs> they do, and this is the reason why: the fans hold guys yeah. accountable. Mm-hmm. So if Let's you were sure. in Lowell with huh. the Devils a couple years ago, yeah. they're playing in front of 600 people. Yeah. The guys don't care. Mm-hmm. The media doesn't care. They can show up when they want. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, if a guy does not play well in the Utica Auditorium, he's held accountable by the fans. When he's in the bars, when he's in the restaurants, oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's in the paper, when he's on your uh, podcast here, I mean, it's he's held accountable, and yeah. they love that.
0: Uh, so let me ask you this too you guys are actually going to be the first team to play in this update or odd if I'm correct correct uh, yeah this must be really exciting for you have you had a chance to look at like what it's going to look like you have any idea yeah, what it's going to be like yeah or?
3: so the structure is all in place yeah. it's uh they're down to the detail work mm-hmm. and, and the finishes and it's it looks absolutely spectacular uh this recent addition never mind the offices and stuff that was much needed the back office sure. stuff uh the suites is whatever he's talking about mm-hmm. and uh and they make the Utica, the little Utica Memorial Auditorium, Adirondack <laughs> Bank Center, uh, feel like an NHL rink. They really, they really do. do. Yeah. So um, it's going to be hard to get in one, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, if you ever get the opportunity to have a night in one of these suites, I think you will really enjoy it.
0: To a certain extent, I sort of like the fact that the the max attendance has always been a little bit lower because what you get is this smaller attendance than let's say Syracuse, but this really intensely passionate fan base and it sounds and feels so much bigger in that in that auditorium i love the way it sounds in there Great sound
3: great the old buildings always seem to have uh the sound value you know they build these big brand new ones and they lose that so there's not a bad seat in the auditorium we know that and um you know for our games we anything over 2000 you're having a good night at at the rink do you watch uh
0: do you are you watching hockey when you're off the job. Like, you watch NHL when you go home? or I watch NHL watch
3: hockey it? every night, yeah. Let me ask you
0: this question because it's something I've talked about over the years and you can disagree or agree with me if you feel like. Um, I've always said that hockey, of the major sports, takes the biggest hit in transition from watching it live to seeing it on television. Uh, when you watch the games live, I feel like you get a better sense of how fast they're actually moving. You get a better sense of when the puck's moving. I feel like television is yet to totally catch up on how to present hockey in its in its grandest fashion. I don't know if you have any thoughts about it. I
3: that. would I I mean I would agree. Yeah. It's hard for me to understand that because you grow up knowing the sport. Yeah, yeah. But I just think people that don't grow up on this sport mm-hmm. it, it is hard to understand what is offsides, what is yeah. icing. There's a whole lot of lines on the ice. Sure. You know, baseball is pretty easy. If the ball hits the surface, it's yeah. in play, and you run. Uh, you know, if it's watching baseball up. is tough these days. Five and a half hours. Yeah, why? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a baseball fan at all. But I've uh, given up on baseball. Yeah,
0: I love my Yankees still, but that's oh God, I've said it over the years so many times. Soccer kind of killed baseball for me in a weird way because I was like, man, it's I can only have room for one low, uh, slow, boring sport in my <laughs> life. and I
3: think soccer sort of. I love soccer. I think soccer is a great sport. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. It, it's hard for the casual fan to get into TV, hockey, and and yet if, if you can get them to one game, they're in. They buy into it. So uh, speaking of
0: which, since we're on this subject, and before we get into our outro, I have one last question for you. I've asked uh, UC hockey announcer Ray Biggs. I've asked, uh, oh, who's the other guy? I've asked Gil Bergermeister, who's come yep. in here from Utica College. Great. Uh, sell me on what I'm
3: missing on hockey. Give me your reason why hockey is the number one sport and why I should be watching it as opposed to other sports. Well, I think, we, you know, I'll just speak to you because college hockey in this town. Sure. It's, uh, we are going to... We only play 25 games. Hmm. You know, uh, 80 games in the American Hockey League NHL, 80 games yeah. plus. So our guys... Uh, we had a great youth hockey question last night. Yeah. So sure. I'm, I'm teaching kids on the ice, little kids, and, uh, and they could not understand... I said, what's the difference between the American League, the Comets, and Utica College? Mm. And the kid says, well, they're way older than you. Because <laughs> we're college and they're pro. <laughs> exactly. Our room is older than the <laughs> Comets. That's a fact. Yeah. You know, people don't understand yeah. that. I oh, bet yeah. your listeners don't know that.
0: Oh, yeah. Because well, it's, like, it's like anything else. The, the academy systems in other places are not like they are in America. Yeah. Like, people, people get into hockey systems, if I'm correct, really early on in their lives in other parts of the
3: world. Yeah. Yeah. So these are young kids still trying yeah. to find their way and develop and... Mm. Uh, you know the comments have to educate some guys on how, how to make dinner. You know because it's their first oh, yeah. time living on their own. And so anyway, we've got guys that are 21 to 26 years old, mm-hmm. and they're wearing the Utica College because they have a passion yeah. for the to get an education and, and to maybe play some professional semi-pro mm-hmm. level hockey. Mm-hmm. But they're going to lay it on the line for 25 games only. So our game is fast, it's physical, and it's passionate, mm-hmm. and uh, it's va- it's a different product than pro. It really you don't have to manage your season it is excuse the expression balls to the wall hockey <laughs> every single night on the ice so mm-hmm. we are we are uh, I think a lot of people like our brand because it's just all out go yeah, sure. and then you couple that with the rink and the bells and whistles that yeah. we use the exact same as the pros and sometimes more we incorporate all the media mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a cheaper ticket it's cheaper than going to the movies I'm you know it. so uh, young families if you're looking for something to do you have to check out a can college hockey game your kids will be hooked
0: mm. So you're, uh, you're, lo- you're local now, you're living in New Hartford, almost, I want to say? live think? in New Hartford now, yeah.
3: How are you, you enjoying it over there? Yeah, you... I mean, our kids are in schools. The nice. schools are obviously great. Our neighborhood's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we did live in Westmoreland. We loved it there for six, seven years. Um, so okay. uh, the area's been great. We take advantage of, of everything there possibly can be. <laughs> um, certainly one of those guys that uh, there's always a ton to do. you got to get after it. Uh, Gary, again, it's been a real pleasure having you on. I want to thank you for taking the time. Um,
0: again, folks, support Utica College Hockey. Uh, go to Utica College. I don't know where the links are. Go to UticaCollege.com. Look up their sports. I don't know the exact. <laughs> I'll link everything afterwards. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to do our uh, lightning round questions. These are the same six or so questions that Great. we've asked everybody who's been on the show. And I will start like this. Gary Heenan, Utica College men's hockey head coach. When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
3: Uh, black coffee. Black coffee. Another another tally on the black coffee. Yep, black That's coffee something. every morning. <laughs> uh, what was your first automobile? I had a, uh, a little Toyota <laughs> pickup truck. Yes. And yes! Uh, I can tell you my college roommates <laughs> at Hamilton, uh, I was a senior the first time I got a car, and they went in the back and then it was engraved in the tailgate Toyota. <laughs> yeah, like the Marty McFly Toyota. Yes. And they painted in the Yo. You know, the Y.O.? Yeah. Black on a white truck. That's so, amazing. Yeah, they, they had some fun with it. I'm not sure I was thrilled with it. but That's pretty
0: good. I kind of <laughs> it. I'm a sucker for, like, older trucks from that era, like small pickup trucks. The Toyota trucks. It was that, a those, tiny little one, those yeah. Those Nissan ones. Yeah. Sort of I yep. love those. I love the aesthetics of those. I can't help it. You may or may not have taken your Toyota truck to see it, but what was your first live music event?
3: Uh, it was Honeymoon Suite. mm I don't know that one. Yeah, a little Canadian band, ah. and uh, they were my favorites, and they played in uh, the Memorial Auditorium, believe it or not, in Brampton, Ontario, <laughs> and uh, and that was, uh, yeah, I still love listening to Honeymoon Suite.
0: Uh, well, I'll keep it in line then. Uh, one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching?
3: Uh, this will surprise you a little bit. Uh, Franny Altieri, the owner of Altieri's. yeah. Uh, hmm. in Clinton uh, our kids are in, in hockey 7am really? and he says hey you need to listen to these CDs hmm. and they're great football coaches really given like their kind of speeches oh, and, wow. and these are old I mean yeah. these are these are on CDs and cassettes oh. and and uh, it's just trying to get me to be a better coach so hmm. there's, there's things like that that's that, pretty good uh, you know you're going on these long road trips to oh, find yeah. hockey players hmm. um, I kind of love it I get energized by that stuff yeah
0: uh, alright uh, if you can have dinner with one person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there's so many different world leaders. Yeah. You know, I'm an international sure. relations guy um, that I would take advantage of. And some you're just trying to understand. Sure, sure So I'm not saying I'm big fans of people, but any world leader would be great. Oh, yeah. You know, I think Trump would be very entertaining right now. Now that I love him, <laughs> uh, but just to have him explain some of his stuff would be very entertaining.
0: I think when you... It's hard to comprehend the kind of pressure that must be applied when you are in that position of power. Not even just President Trump. I'm talking about any sort of world leader, the scrutiny that's on you, especially in today's age where there is so much, where the media moves so much faster than everything else moves. And sure. And there's, everything you say is sort of, ripped apart and taken and like, oh, what do you mean by this? What do they mean yeah. by this? It's, yeah. It would be fascinating to learn about the real people as opposed to the image that's presented on television or yeah. media. You know it I mean? would
3: be great to have dinner or a cocktail with Merkel from Germany oh, and, and <laughs> ask what her true opinion is of Trump. You I'd know, love as, to know. As an example. I'd yeah. love, <laughs> love to know. Uh,
0: and of course, uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, you know, you take great pride in sort of giving back to the community. I was, our last question is usually, what else are you passionate about? But I just wanted to point this out there. Uh, you presently serve on the boards for the United County uh, Youth Bureau, uh, the Sean Grady Foundation, uh, United Cerebral Palsy uh, Central Association for the Blind, and Visually Impaired, and for the First Source Credit Union. Like, how did you? Is this a big part of your life? Like wanting to be part of the community in that way?
3: Yeah, I think it is. I, I think part of it's strategic at the beginning. You know, you've got of to course. get out. People got to know who you are. You've got to be able to sell your product to them. Um, but in the end, you meet so many wonderful people that yeah. it, it becomes the fabric of who you are. Mm. Um, is it time consuming? Yeah, it is. Would my wife love to see me step down from a couple boards? Yeah, she <laughs> sure. would. But, uh, but it's not going to happen. I mean, I think it's, mm. it's giving back and, and certainly these, these companies, these, um, these civic uh, organizations, these charity organizations have given more to me than I'll ever be able to sure. give to them. So uh, we pass that on to our guys. They're constantly uh, out in the community, and yeah. um, it, it's, a, it's a major goal of ours to be a leader in, in philanthropic efforts in this community.
0: I think he's gone now,
3: uh, but you, I work for a program at UC, and one of the UC hockey
0: players was one of our tutors a few years ago.
3: Mick, I think, was his name. Mikhail Bushinsky is, yes. is our captain this year. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a super guy. He's um, going to go to Yale Law School next year. He is a brilliant guy. He used to come into Proctor when I was still working there and he would tutor the kids and they loved him. Yeah. He's a, he's a fascinating guy. He has a dynamic personality and a great yeah. leader. Yeah. Still
0: got that ice cream truck going on. He,
3: he owns six up in Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, when you see him, let him know I'm thinking about him. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Wish, him, wish him the best of luck for me. And Gary, it's yeah. a real, real pleasure. Yeah, my
3: pleasure. To have for you on the show.
0: Me. I know our listeners are very happy that we finally got you well, on. Oh, that's cool. Completed the college trifecta guys do you feel better now (laughs) Uh, thank you folks we'll be back to the show in just a moment
1: He looked
0: good <laughs> Of course he did. <laughs> kids are cute. They're just like, you know.
1: He's cute for now, so.
0: I think he'll, you, you and your husband are both attractive, folks. He'll be cute we'll for see. the most part. We'll hope for him. <laughs> 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 well, all, well, all kids have an awkward phase. I definitely, I'm still in my awkward phase. I
1: know. Phase. I feel like I am, too. I have an outgrown mine.
0: <laughs> you probably, you're a big, tall guy. You probably had a, there's probably a, a tall period for you where it was awkward, right? Like,
2: when did you get tall? I was born very <laughs> tall. But like you, you I was four foot eight. As an infant, <laughs> I was brought up as well. Four
1: foot eight.
2: Or I know. Uh, I've maybe. always been tall. I was always so. Taller. Even elementary school, you were taller than everybody. Yeah, I was in the back row in the class
0: picture. Always taller. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. My cousin had like a late growth spurt. He wasn't tall in elementary school, and then he got really tall, like in middle school, and like shot up crazy. So I always wonder if there was like a moment where you were like ever shorter than anybody. No, Isn't I was. I
2: was always. Fair? I remember even like early <laughs> elementary school. I was one of the taller kids. Um, I mean, I don't know if I was tall for a baby. I don't think a baby can really be tall. <laughs> Babies can be tall. Can can, be they can
1: be long. They can be long. I was
2: Lengthwise. I was an angelic child. I won a, I won a contest. <laughs> <You> I won <laughs> the Observer <laughs> Dispatch put on a most beautiful baby contest. You and did. I won, yeah. Aww. I, I was a... They still was, do that
1: every year. I was
2: a hell of a good looking baby. I don't know what the hell... I don't know what happened, but... Oh, we still when there. I was... I was, you know, taking the city by storm in People <laughs> had you on their refrigerator
1: it. and everything. People
2: couldn't believe it. My aunts did at least. <laughs> that was like my mom had all of the mag like the newspapers
0: that had it. it just Pictures upon pictures of babies. Like, look at all these beautiful babies. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Well, it's
2: because they had no other way to consume uh, baby content back then. Yeah. <laughs> there was no... like now you can hop on YouTube, you can hop on people's Instagram. Yeah. there's pictures of babies everywhere for yeah. you to enjoy for your baby content. But back then, take what you can get. Take the scraps, <laughs> just the scraps, cut out clippings of other people's <laughs> and so babies in newspapers, you put their
1: life on your refrigerator
2: <laughs> before the world made that like a terrifying thing to do. Because now, if you yeah. had a bunch of like baby newspaper clippings <laughs> all over your fridge, people are going to assume <laughs> that the babies are in that fridge. It's like true. it's a
0: whole thing. Or you're just well, like I think, I think I'll per capita. Think an either or. I think, <laughs> I think per capita, like people. I think people prefer to watch animal videos to baby videos because I think in gen, I prefer to see an animal do something stupid than a baby. Yeah. I think in general. It's just a broad generalization. Uh, babies
2: are fun. You get on YouTube, watch some of those compilations, like babies falling down, <laughs> like different was- stuff like that, or laughing. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, man. Is I watch. It- I watched one today of a corgi trying to jump over a log for like 30 seconds, and it was pretty funny. That's good stuff, too. It was good content. Dog animals are always good content. All right. Speaking of good content, let's get into some history Speaking lessons. Speaking of good Jesus. Aww, how did that beat Speaking <laughs> of good content, we're all out of it. We're all out of content about babies and dogs, and we're ready to talk about history <laughs> they're okay this week they're not bad i tried to go through them faster than normal this week um this one has a long intro though on this day in 1810 <clears throat> you ready for this one Nope. <laughs> bavarian crown prince louis later king louis of bavaria married princess therese von shashen hildenbausen that's hildberghausen that's a real name. Mm. The Bavarian royalty invited the citizens of Munich to attend the festivities held on the field in front of the city gates. This famous public festival was named Theresienfeis, uh, or Therese's Fields. This would become the origin for what is now known as Oktoberfest. So that was the, uh, the origin. Oh, really?
1: 1810.
0: Oktoberfest. Great. See, there you go. you learned learn something good. You can bring that back to your, your beer friends yeah. and tell you them. You
2: think I don't know that? I don't know if well, you got know. We got, a, we got a beer it. called Oktoberfest a <laughs> called October, We're in the beer industry. We have to know this stuff. Really? They have like a test? The origin, the yeah, there's a test. It's See, a, he's a he's secret he's so excited test. to tell you about. I was too. very excited. He's always excited <laughs> about the history lessons. I'm not gonna, he's my friend. I'm not going to lie to him. I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> stop being a very good friend uh, I'm
1: not a very good friend though.
2: <laughs> uh, the decision to as we're be- learning when you don't invite us to
0: camp <laughs> oh my God. That's- uh, well the decision to repeat this fest- the festival and the horse race that it t- uh, that happened during it uh, in the subsequent years gave rise to the annual tradition of Oktoberfest which now begins in late September and lasts through the first Sunday in October alcohol consumption is an important part of the modern festival and more than one million gallons of beer are consumed annually at Oktoberfest so there you go Oktoberfest. All right, let's move on. Uh, On this day in 1967, professional revolutionary Che Guevara is executed in Brazil. Uh, Again, I grew up, did college, and when I was doing college, Latin American history major. Che Guevara is like one of those figures that pops up all the time when you talk about, like, Latin American history and and those kind of things. I think a lot of people don't fully... (laughs) People, he's like one of those people who... It's sort of a meme now. People wear like a Che Guevara shirt and not really know much about him, right? Like it's, yeah, nobody knows. The, <laughs> he's a fascinating guy. Um, he was born in Argentina, uh, and he, uh, he was a professional revolutionary who became involved in the Guadalu- Guatemalan Revolutions in the 1950s. In uh, 1954, he traveled to Mexico, where he joined up with Cuban revolutionary Fidel Castro. Uh, and those two sort of became sort of inevitably linked in history for a long time. Uh, I guess the most poignant part of him, his, like, career as revolutionary, was a book he produced, uh, published in 1960 called Guerrilla Warfare, uh, which was a big part of a lot of those Latin American revolutions. He's constantly mentioned. He's a really fascinating guy. I won't go into all the story. Look him up on, on Wikipedia. Che Guevara. Pretty fascinating. It's also a really long movie they made about him that I tried to get through. It's like four hours long. Was it fascinating?
1: Was it really fascinating?
0: I was fascinated by it. Oh. Mm.
3: Are
0: you making fun of my overuse of fascinating? There were a lot of them in the Che Guevara section. He's a fascinating guy. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 1975, Bruce Springsteen, for the first time, broke the top 40, uh, going from a cult star to an international star with his hit, Born to Run. Does that make you angry? No, I like Springsteen just I don't know how fine. you feel about the boss. Well, we've been th- we've been talking a lot about Tom Petty since last week, I've been hearing everywhere like all this Tom Petty like music played everywhere. Like Tom Petty's yeah. on the Upstroke. It seems like right There's
1: now quotes all over lyrics. I would
0: argue that I like Tom Petty's musical cat- catalog better than Bruce Springsteen. Well, yeah, it's better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: it's not a hot take. I thought that'd be a hotter take no, than it was. Absolutely no, absolutely not. Do you think that other people will think that that's not a great take? No, um, uh, nobody.
2: My dad no. really likes Bruce Springsteen.
1: I think yeah, uh, I pretty- think I think it's a demographic. Like, he
2: probably likes Tom Petty better. My dad, probably. Mm, I think nah. an
1: era. Well, so I, I disagree. I think there would be a, a group of solid people who like the boss better than Tom Petty. Yeah, I maybe. feel like
0: Boss is probably per cat. He's probably more popular than Tom Petty. No, you don't think Bruce Springsteen is more popular than Tom Petty? I'd have to look up the numbers, but I feel no. like most mm. absolutely not.
1: Huh? No. Interesting. What do you, I mean? thought, you both I'm just kind weird.
0: of. I thought this was an
2: easy one. I thought like, no, Springsteen. Well,
1: that's what you thought
2: for. Oh, I guess I was wrong. Oh yeah. Do you like the song Born to Run? I think that maybe... It's not bad. The, yeah, it's okay. Um, maybe the name Bruce Springsteen is more instantly recognizable than the name Tom Petty. Maybe you have to think a little bit more about Tom Petty. But as far as like the, the level of exposure mm. they have to the culture and the amount of hit songs they have and the amount that people know their songs and people are into their songs, yeah, absolutely Tom Petty. It's not even huh. close. Interesting.
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm a little thrown off by that. That's just my thought. I I always assume I put Springsteen on that. Like I assume that everybody loves Springsteen. I feel like I'm in the minority because I I don't love Springsteen as much.
1: Like it would be more of a pop singer of today, and then Tom Petty would be more of like a rock and like a like different categories of.
0: I think my problem with Springsteen is I feel like I just assume that Bruce Springsteen is the parody of Bruce Springsteen that's been portrayed of him over the years. Like, I don't, I guess
2: I don't know much about... You've been ruined by irony, so you can't enjoy I, yeah, things can't. that are just, like, regular and like yeah, wholesome and earnest. Like, you just don't trust it. You're suspicious no. of it. No, I don't trust it. And so it. you just say you don't like it. You don't know.
0: I like some Bruce Springsteen. I, I like Dancing in the Dark. I like Born to Run. I like that song from The Wrestler that's really outrageous where he talks about being a one-legged dog. I like, uh, I, don't, I like certain Bruce Springsteen I things. I, I, oh, I like Santa Claus is coming to town, because that makes me laugh when he's like, he's coming in over New Jersey. Oh, that was... He's flying, a... over, he's flying <laughs> over the East River, and he's coming down and put all the presents to the boys and girls. It's like, it's really excellent. Like, that's my favorite Bruce Springsteen. That's it's funny. just him talking before songs start. It's that's... Funny. Funny. Do you
1: know, Bruce Springsteen did a tribute to Tom Petty. That
0: wouldn't surprise me. Just...
1: just. Yesterday,
0: <laughs> there were a couple of good ones on Saturday Night Live this week. Jason Aldean opened up the show with an SNL, uh, the Tom Petty song, and then in, at the Florida Gators game this weekend, there's like viral video of the entire crowd at the Florida
2: Gators oh, yeah. game. It was. Well, nice. you would, I feel like you would expect that. Yeah, I mean, they're in, yeah. they're in Gainesville, yeah. which is like that's where he's from. You know what I mean? He's a mm. Gainesville hometown boy down there. Mm. And Jason Aldean, I feel like sort of, he's kind of played himself by playing that Tom Petty song. Because (laughs) I don't think people really understood what he was doing on SNL. Like, when he opened the show and, like, people are like, oh, maybe he's just out here to pay tribute to Tom Petty, but, like, he was the one who was performing yeah. when everybody got shot in Las Vegas. It was his show. Yes. Oh, so that's yeah. why he came out to deceive yeah. Nobody even knew. No, like, nobody, oh, next Tom yeah. Petty even, like, that- and Petty tribute. And that was why I was watching I was
0: like, oh, I feel like, the, I felt like the crowd reaction wasn't as good as it should have been because yeah. it was very poignant. It was like, oh, wow, he's playing the song after he'd just been in Las Vegas for this yeah. event and he's singing this Tom Petty song about not backing down. Like, it's very, it could have been a really poignant moment. I don't know if the crowd was... No, because nobody
2: (laughs) nobody cares, because country music is the worst. (laughs) Uh,
0: Speaking of history lessons and Saturday Night Live, on this day, October 11th, 1975, Saturday Night Live debuted. Uh, The original cast at the time was Chevy Chase, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, uh, Garrett Morris, Jane Curtin, and Lorraine Newman. Uh, It is, it would go on to become the longest running, highest rated show on late night television. Uh, I love Saturday Night Live. Like, it's... I remember watching it all the time. Like, my, my my mom and I would stay awake and watch it on Saturday nights together. Like, me and my mom and stepdad would make a thing out of it. Like, I loved Saturday Night Live.
1: I like the old Eddie Murphy sketches for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mr. Robertson's Chris Neighborhood. Rogers, and those are the best. Yes. Like, I still look them up on YouTube and stuff <laughs> and watch them.
0: I like, it's hard because, like, Saturday Night Live, are, there's a lot of people who will say that Saturday Night Live is not a good show, Right. And my argument to that is it was never a great show. Like Saturday Night Live in general, even if you watch the good eras quote-unquote of Saturday Night Live, and it's not always good. It's mm-hmm. a sketch show. It's a hit-and-miss show. Last night's episode, or last Saturday, last weekend's episode was pretty good. It wasn't a great episode, but there was some stuff that made me laugh in it. Like, it's, I think it's more interesting as a television institution than whether the show itself is actually great or not. I don't know if that's...
1: Yeah. I think people will keep tuning in just to wait for that funny episode to, when there's,
0: it's also, like, a cultural land... Like, it, it is a cultural touchpoint to a certain... Like, it makes a lot of stars. A lot of people mm-hmm. are involved in the show go on to be big stars. There is still some relevancy to it. And it just continues to go on, even if, like, the ratings or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter what the ratings are. I think it's fast. Fascin- I love Saturday Night Live. It's fascinating. So. It is fascinating. It's a great show. Lauren Michaels is an interesting guy, too. So, what's your favorite Saturday
2: Night Live cast member all time? Who you got? Um... Oh, I don't know. That'd be tough. Because I feel like the reason I like a lot of the people is because I like the things they did after they were on the show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I can't say (laughs) somebody that I never really watched, even if I like them a lot, after they're on the show. I'm not going to, like, lie and pretend that I was watching Saturday Night Live every night when it was on 20 years before I was born or, like, in the 90s when I was a little kid. So I like a lot of the people afterwards, but I don't know what they did on there. So I guess I'm gonna say um, it's really nice to see Keenan Thompson make it all the <laughs> oh, way. Uh, honestly, to make it all the way from my childhood, watching him on all that when I was six years old, mm-hmm. and, and he's still doing sketch comedy on Saturday nights. And um, you know, it's the the easy layup pick, but I really love Kate McKinnon. Oh, she, Kate yeah, McKinnon she's is great. doing Kate McKinnon is doing God's work out there. Mm-hmm. She's excellent. Um, I love Keenan Thompson pick, by the way. What's interesting about Kenan Thompson
0: is Saturday Night Live is in, it's gotta be like it's 45th or some odd season this year. It's pretty crazy how long it's been on TV. Kenan Thompson has been on that show for almost 12 years or something now. Mm -hmm. He's been on a quarter of all the episodes of Saturday Night Live that have ever been made which seems odd when you think about it Like for how long the Mm -hmm. show's been on. Uh, I always go back to Phil Hartman if you want a good one that I always think of as a kid. Look up Phil Hartman as Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, which is one of my favorites. (laughs) He's like... First he was a caveman, and then he was a lawyer. He fell into some ice, and then he got frozen, and then he Thanks. comes back as a lawyer. Lo- Ever see this guy? You know what I'm talking about. No. So he goes into like the courtrooms, and he's like his whole gimmick is like, "Your Honor, I'm just a caveman. I don't know anything about your modern world. It frightens and confuses me. But I do know that if this man fell on some ice in front of your store, he's owed punitive damages. Like it was like it was so stupid. I well, I will show it to you. Unfrozen caveman lawyer—that's Famo's pick of the week. Write that down. Famo's YouTube pick of the week: Phil Hartman, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. You're
2: you gonna go. start giving out YouTube picks of the week. YouTube. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> pretty, you should put together. You should start putting together every week, um, like a five-video YouTube pick of the week playlist. We like. We watch a lot of YouTube in the house I find a lot I try and find a lot of content on YouTube I try and get a good content base every time I go to share my content on YouTube like when there's you know a a down moment on the TV maybe I'll put on some videos and then I realize that I look through and everything I save in a watch later list it's like my watch later list Yeah, it's all like well I don't think anybody wants to see a 20 minute demonstration of like how this one like base amp works. Like, yeah, yeah, I think everybody wants to see two hours about how like we might have come from Mars and there's a civilization under Antarctica
0: and then I don't want to put any like John Oliver or like politics stuff on there because that always gets like divisive responses for it. like hey check out this thing about this it's like no this is the worst like, alright well I don't know why I shared this terrible and then I don't want to share any of my nerdy wrestling or video game stuff because that's just for me.
2: The world doesn't need to Appreciate know. that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you sometimes you'll try to be like, mm, maybe I can get slick and slide in some video game content. And mm. every once in a while there's something that's tolerable and you're pale good pal of mine. So, you know, you look at them. But, boy, there's some other stuff out there. These video gamers—they got a whole culture of YouTube videos out there. There's so much okay. stuff these people talking about the wildest things no. that nobody but them and Sam care about. No.
0: <laughs> check out the gaming historian; he's pretty good. Learn some cool stuff about old timey video
2: games. I don't stuff. play video games at all, and I've seen like nine episodes of the gaming historian. He's pretty good. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's a little too self-serious for my taste. You can check I th- out
1: my channel. <laughs>
0: You have a YouTube channel? I do. I'm going to subscribe <laughs> right now. Well, no, because we have one more history lesson, but then we'll,
2: <laughs> then we'll go that, on can here. Can you block YouTube channels?
1: No, don't <laughs> block. Wait, you, on, you, follow, you didn't. You, uh, what? Uh? I can't talk huh? today. Too much coffee. Hang? I think we're friends now. Where? On Twitter. Are we? Yes. No. Yes.
2: Mm. No. All right.
1: All right.
0: Move on to your history lesson. Today Uh, in history. On this day day in 2007, there were a lot of Nobel Peace Prize uh, history lessons today. Uh, So I chose this one because I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Al Gore, 2007, won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for his film An
2: Inconvenient Truth, uh, which
0: I never watched. I feel like I should watch it now. Did you watch Inconvenient Truth?
2: Eh, Maybe. I
1: didn't.
2: No? Maybe. Back then. I don't know. I feel
0: like I should watch it now in hindsight because was he ahead of the curve on all this or was he right with the curve?
2: I mean, it, if if you believe that, you know, scientists are out there acting with some sort of agenda, then I guess yeah, he'd be ahead of the curve. But like no, he was he didn't he wasn't predicting anything like people didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was just a lot of his job and people make movies and documentaries like that, it's about packaging this these big, large, dense scientific issues in an easily mm-hmm. consumable package for the layman who doesn't have time to learn all the ins and outs and, you know, the lingo and all the different stuff that has to do with you know Mm. climate science and things like that Mm.
0: uh inconvenient truth went on to win numerous awards including academy award for best documentary in 2007 uh it is also the highest grossing documentary in united states history it's also credited for helping to spur the green movement spread across the united states in 2007 so there you go um, all right, that's it. We survived history lessons. Those weren't so bad, no, right? They were good. That, was, that was really tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel really, like there have been harder ones time. to sit through. There's some worse <laughs> ones than that. But we, so we got, we won't even probably get through all these stories. So we'll blast through some of these as quick as we can. I had some outrageous stories for you this week. Okay, so I have an opinion. I want to ask you guys. See what you think. Applebee's this week went out of their way saying they're offering $1 margaritas. Yo, so I have so many takes and stories about this. <laughs> Applebee's is offering $1 margaritas to remind people it's also a bar. Do you think that this is what it's going to take to remind people that Applebee's is a bar? I know
2: a lot of people who have gone since they've been doing it, oh, really? and they've gotten worked at Applebee's. Because like, that's the thing about, like, you know... It's obviously it's it's very in vogue and in fashion to turn your nose up at like fast casual dining chains and stuff like that. You're not wrong. You know what I mean? Like sure. You're not getting you know, you're not getting the best food. It's not the most, you know, for this or that or the other thing, but like a margarita is a margarita. It's sure. a tequila and it's sour mix and it's a flavoring <laughs> yeah. agent. And a dollar is a hell of a good price it's for a, a good margarita. Point. <laughs> so like you go out there, I um G F O P uh Gator, one of my colleagues down at <laughs> Shout the brewery, out to Gator. He went out, uh him 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 and uh <laughs> Him and his lady friend went out to go get some margaritas one night. They had a blast. I saw a couple other of my friends were going out and, like, just like, yeah, we're just going to order a bunch of apps and get rocked on margaritas. These people are having fun at a good price. So, yeah, I'm not above a dollar margarita. Good for them. I've, I've heard everybody I know has talked to me about this. And that's the first time that any, everybody's talked to me about Applebee's almost ever. So, I guess it's working. Or is it? It's interesting. Well,
0: it's funny because like Applebee's just went on this whole shtick. Uh, about how they're not going to try and appeal to like millennials anymore. Yeah. So is this their like anti millennial thing? Like millennials hate margaritas, or is that their thoughts? No. Because they just said they weren't going to market. No, mar- they're
1: just trying to find whatever they can to no. get people through the, the door. door.
0: Yeah. It's, I always had. It's, a w- go ahead. No, I was going to say in general, I feel like I've always had weird experiences drinking in sort of these fast casual dining locations. Whether it's, I think you care too much. Who cares uh, about these people? I don't think
1: it's comfortable though.
0: No, it's not. It's not like comfortable. A, as like, if
1: you were at like Nail Creek or something. Yeah. Like there's something. um
0: there's something about the fact that you're still in a restaurant where people are like, there's waiters working around. something...
1: I don't in. want to sit there and have drinks for a couple hours. Yeah. Maybe for like one drink or something.
0: Yeah. There's there's something about the in general. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about that layout where there's people around me like having, sitting down and eating. Eating. I find eating food to be sort of intimate as a as a, thing. Right. Like. Well, so what do you mean
2: they eat food in El Creek? No. It's
1: you like, don't like a, drink I think it's Nail more Creek? of a commercial feeling. I feel like it's not like that yeah. place where you feel home or you're gonna. Go to a bar, hang out, have some drinks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly I mean, you're, you're I'm not mostly playing. all your playing. friends walking in or? I'm anything. good. I, oh, I'm so sick of running into. Listen, I love everybody, but I like a place where I'm not going to see. Well, you anybody. see people all
1: the time. Me, I want to see as many people as I can when no, I
2: go. No, I think look at. I'm now. I'm just. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate on it, but we used to. Uh, I used to work at a chain restaurant, and we were one of the ones that closed a little bit earlier, and we knew a lot of people that worked at the other restaurant. So sometimes after shift, a bunch of us, you know, four or five, six, seven people would get together and we'd go, you know, we don't want to go out in public into a social setting where, like, we know people and there's stuff going on because we're just in our work clothes and we're sort of dirty and, like, it's whatever, we're all wearing just, like, the black button downs. And we know the people that work at these other places and we're hungry, so we would go to, like, Applebee's sometimes and other, you know, other casual places like that that were around us, chains, we knew the people. And we actually had some really good times just sitting at the bar, like, being done, being work staff, being done. It was a weird little thing, so I wouldn't really make the choice. But it's also not like a prison camp. It's. <laughs> so, oh, I, mean, like, I mean, that's, that's a people are that like I, I could never. never.
1: No, that's so I can go there, there and have I a think. drink. I just like I go to Uno sometimes and have a drink during happy hours. You know, it's
2: got a like a really nice bar. Yeah, they do and good
1: apps too. But um, I used
2: to work there as well years ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, I but did. it's just
1: not my place where I want to go and hang out. I don't know. it's. Uh,
0: I think that when I walk into let's just let's say Nail Creek for example. I walk into Nail Creek, Nail Creek is a bar that serves food. All right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Applebees <laughs> is a restaurant that happens to have a bar in it. Yeah, right? That, 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 there's a weird distinction that's a good way to put it. and if it's a I, I don't exactly know where the line is. I guess just how much of their infrastructure is meant for food as as opposed to the bar,
2: right? Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for uh, for the difference in it too. Like we've been we've been watching some playoff baseball some stuff like that. Chain restaurants are weird places to watch games because you can glamour to like sad businessmen and like yes. older folks <laughs> yeah. that like yeah. to, older folks that like to booze <laughs> yeah. for a reasonable price. And you get all these like weird personalities <laughs> that you don't normally get to see where everybody's just like, you know, in a pissing contest over who's the hippest with the most obscure IPA. And so it's just different. It's a different yeah, side I, of the world. I had a I had
0: a family member who Asked me to go to a bar with him not too long ago, and he said, Hey, you want to go to a bar? And I said, Where do you want to go? He said, I don't know, let's just go to Uno's. And I said, What? That's, <laughs> I, not <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not going to a bar. That's not going to a bar. Like, we can, but like, <laughs> It was fine, though, because we got some apps at the bar. So, okay, I feel like less people like,
1: offer that as an option nowadays.
0: Dollar margaritas is a <laughs> <I know>. great, <laughs> great price.
1: I like to see what it does for them. All
0: right. So let's move on. I have a couple more. Well, we went farther than that than I thought we would. Um, <laughs> because it wasn't, like, bleak and depressing. I know, right? uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a, a a new item that I want. New segment, too. Famo's Tech Corner. This is my... Oh, you have a Tech Corner? No, what I is? don't. Now I do. Famo's Tech Corner. So... When I went to get this new, when I get, when I had to get my iPhone, my iPhone 7 that I have now, um, I was sort of waiting for them to sell me on something else. And I, the closest I got was buying one of them Google Pixels, right? And I sort of got talked out of it at the last minute. But now, uh, Google is showing off their new wireless headset, which they are saying can translate languages on the fly. And it's the coolest product I've seen a phone company come out with in a long That's time. Cool. And I'm super into it. I may have to go buy a Google Pixel now just the to The phone was still it. crap. I've I haven't seen the Pixel Twos yet, which well, are the that's not
2: only the, do they look ugly, but like yeah, the other crap. Google's just not there. They're not there yet with the
0: phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a good idea though. Like this is a strong. So it's
1: a headset. It, c- you can use it with anything, or yeah. just with that phone. So
0: that... they're called the Google Pixel Buds, and when you pair them with your Google Pixel, it taps into the Google Assistant, which uses the artificial intelligence to like translate up to forty different languages on the okay. fly. Okay. Um, I don't think that this particular item is going to be completely successful right off the bat. I think it's going
1: to be Google Glass. But I
0: think this is a good idea, and yeah. I'm glad that someone invented this mm-hmm. because I hope that more companies do stuff like this going forward. This is like cool use of technology mm-hmm. that I like, which I, when I read through the news, we talk about all the bleak
2: stuff, I don't see as often as I'd no. like. I like like interesting news. you got to dig stuff. a little bit. If you just go to the front page of like politics on Reddit, you're going to get nothing but the bleakest, most horrible stuff from trash sources it's like it's Share Blue. But if you dig through... Good stuff is happening in the face of all the bad. Mm. Some people are still doing cool stuff. It's <laughs> true. Uh,
1: okay, next week, <laughs> I'll try. I'll cool try. Enough.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll just do no politics at all next week. <laughs> just be all weird stories. It'd be more fun. Um, well, uh, I had a story about the Northern Lights. So we won't get to it. There's a new type of Northern Lights that was discovered, and they've decided to name it Steve. I swear to God, this <laughs> is a real story. Did you hear? About <laughs> A newly named type of Northern Lights called Steve was captured over Alberta, Canada. (laughs) And it's funny, you would think that maybe this was an acronym for something. It was not. It was like an inside joke. They came up with an acronym for it afterwards. So Don't be so lazy, scientists. Come up up with better stuff. (laughs) Uh, I guess I have one more weird story, and I'm calling this new segment uh, Chill Out Nerds. Chill Out Nerds is the name of this new segment. You guys ever heard of a television show called Rick and Morty? Are you trolling me? Well, I know you have because we've watched. Because you watched the you, hell out of Rick and Morty. I like Rick and Morty, but have you ever heard of Rick and no. Morty? Rick and Morty is a cartoon television show. It's sort of like uh, Dan Harmon created. He's the guy who created Community. Uh, in one of their episodes, there was this joke that sort of became like an internet viral meme or whatever, where they talk about this McDonald's sauce, oh, I Szechuan saw sauce.
1: Yeah,
0: saw uh, so earlier this week. Uh, McDonald's decided they were gonna do a promotion. They were gonna release this Szechuan sauce back into the wild to sort of appease this internet viral marketing that's happened. And this blew up in their face when not enough of the sauce was provided to the restaurants. And the
2: Rick and Morty fans like had a huge freak out at all the McDonald's. There was protests yeah. and signs. These people, these Rick what? and Morty people, these Rick and Morty people, like the internet fans, are known for being they the need worst. To get a yeah. It's weird. We
1: need a hobby. Listen, I that.
2: think Rick and Morty
0: is a really funny show. It's interesting what? that the show, and if you want to do some internet research, it's not hard to find. There's like a weird internet backlash and like backlash in general against their fans for being kind of like the Rick. worst, the worst, yeah,
1: obviously. <laughs>
0: and. It's interesting because I really do like the show. It's really funny and really well written, but like, this is like, I'm just like, not all Rick and Morty. Hashtag not all Rick and Morty fans. I don't care enough about this.
1: I saw a headline for that or something. I'm like, I'm not reading this. (laughs)
0: Like, guys, this wasn't even something that McDonald's did, like, in conjunction with, like, the show. Like, you would think maybe if this was, like, a thing they did, this was just something they did and the fans jumped over it. So I respond with, Chill out, nerds. Hey,
1: just, just,
0: up. just chill out. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I guess that's it. We've gone enough. I had some other stuff we don't need to talk about. It. Anything else you guys want
2: to say before we close up? Tonight? Oh, listen, I could talk for hours, but I mean, I got to save some stuff for next week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, oh, there was one report. Did, did you guys know that uh, there's reports now that uh, tobacco smokers could gain a combined 86 million years of life if we all uh,
2: started vaping instead of smoking cigarettes? Did you know that? Start vaping. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay. here's That's the thing. Like, they, used to sell, they used to sell cigarettes as a, like, a cure for health. It's true. <laughs> it's like they'll make you vigorous. <laughs> like. They do make you vigorous. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know, but like... Whatever. Take. I, I guess if you got to choose between the two, take the years off the life, so you don't go goon with your yes. vape box. And <laughs> I guess yes. I mean? I'll give away the ten together. years as long as you have to see me with the vape.
0: Uh, as of right now, folks, it is uh, tied in the bottom of the second. The Yankees and Indians—they may be out by the time you hear it. I hope the Yankees survive, folks. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, cyanar humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock. <laughs> Woodstock
2: lives. <laughs> People I don't know shot. what's your what's problem? your beef with keep I, it tight. I, I don't
1: know. It just is awkward.
2: <laughs> Why is it awkward?
1: I don't know. It when you hear the funny. term
2: "keep it tight," what does it make you think of? <laughs> Why is it so awkward for you? <laughs> I mean, you say it every week. So what's bar. what's the real I'll problem? See everybody. Heather, what's the see real problem? Week.
1: I'll talk to you next week. What's the real Bye. problem? Bye.